0: This is the Podium Finish Live from Austin, Texas, and various points across the country. Here's your host, Rob Tiongson.
1: And a good, good day to all of you out there listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. Welcome to the Podium Finish Live, episode number 54. I'm your host, National Motorsports Press Association journalist Rob Tiongson, and I'm joined alongside my fellow NMPA journalist, and my friend, Nathan Solomon. We're so glad that you could join us for the world's fastest hour racing talk. As we're now shifting towards a off-season bi-weekly schedule, not because that's when we get our paychecks, although we'd love to get paychecks, but because of the fact that it's the off-season and we want to kind of give some folks more appetite for the snacks and desserts, if you will, for our podcast. So during in this off-season until we get closer to the bushlight clash at the LA Coliseum in 2023, We'll kind of go to a every other week format, but we'll have plenty to talk about. And believe you me, folks, we have a lot to get to on this edition of TPF Live because we will be joined alongside uh, late model racer, Isabella Robusto. And it's such a delight to have her on because she is fresh off her. And I'm sorry to say a little pun here. She's fresh off a podium finish from Florence Motor Speedway. So yes, 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 yes. I can have a sense of humor once in a while. But uh, she had a great run and one of the biggest late model races of the season, and one of the first really that takes place after the NASCAR season. So all eyes were on Isabella and her competitors at the Timminsville, South Carolina racetrack, uh, which for folks who don't really watch late model racing, let me just tell you, it's such a delight to watch drivers racing around the track where there were no walls on the corners. It's such an absurd concept to me because <laughs> I was like, whoa. Can people actually get off the racetrack? Yeah, they can. But uh, Isabella kept all four wheels on the asphalt and she did more than that. She had one of the most solid races I've ever seen anyone have in a late model car. And uh, I'm really excited to see what she'll say here. And uh, she'll be joining us for uh, putting perspectives specifically for the last topic. Um, And if you can't put two and two together about why I'm saying that, just just stay tuned. But uh, she'll be on. On our show. And uh of course we, we saw some NASCAR news, maybe not the spicy headlines, but uh nevertheless there were a couple of big transactions that took place since the last recording. And um we'll have a few bonus episodes as well, just kind of like Lionel Racing when they give you bonus ways for NASCAR authentics. Um, so yeah, before we get to the show, why don't we hear from our sponsor, spoiler dietcast? Hey race fans, are you in the hunt for the latest and greatest in NASCAR collectibles from Lionel Racing? Or Sprint cars from Acme Diecast? Head on over to SpoilerDiecast.com. They've got a lot of offerings that you cannot find anywhere else, as well as some hidden gems that you may have lost during your childhood. And if you spend $20 or more on in-stock items or pre-order items, you can save 5% off your order and get free shipping if you use promo code TPF. Recently, I bought myself about 5 diecast cars from the Lionel Racing Collection, and it was going to be about $50, but with my promo code of TPF, not only did I get free shipping, but I saved about $2.50. Pretty awesome I'd say, and my order arrived within 3 business days, which honestly, that's pretty fast given how you can wait around with snail mail all day long, but hey, Evan and team got it done, and I'm a pretty happy diecast collector right now, so... Head on over to SpoilerDieCast.com, and if you spend $20 or more on in-stock items or pre-order items, use promo code TPF, and you'll be in Victory Lane knowing that you save some money and look like a pretty awesome driver or car owner in your own right. SpoilerDieCast.com to be in Victory Lane right now with promo code TPF. Oh, and folks, by the way, with SpoilerDieCast, they have a pretty cool promotion that's going on because... As you know, it's Thanksgiving week, so I would be remiss if we didn't say happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there who are listening to us and have supported the show all season long. I hope all of you have some great meals, enjoy some time with family and friends. If you can't be with your family and friends, hopefully you're going to be having a good day nevertheless. But SpoilerDietCast.com will have a pretty cool Black Friday sale in which you can buy one item and get the other for half off. There will be no code needed. And this applies to all cars of all scales. And the sale takes place actually when we drop this podcast on Wednesday. So as of this recording, you can listen to the show and go shopping online until Monday, just before midnight East Coast time. This promotion lasts while supplies are around. So Evan and this team are probably going to be emptying their warehouse quite a bit because of Black Friday sales. I know for myself, I might be doing a little bit of perusing on there. So... Spoiler diecast.com for all the latest and greatest and black friday specials in nascar racing now let's go bring in nathan solomon who is not having to shovel all the snow that happened in buffalo because even though uh, upper upper upstate new york got slammed by some snowstorms he was one of the lucky few who emerged unscathed relatively speaking so nathan how are you doing today
2: Good. I'm I'm home for uh for Thanksgiving for a week, and you mentioned uh you mentioned the snowstorm. So a little quick sidebar mini story. So I live like, mm, I I live basically – at school rather. I I live like an hour and five minutes south of the Bill Stadium. From that big storm, we got nothing. It snowed like three inches Wednesday night before the storm. That was it. At the Bill Stadium, so an hour and five minutes north of me, they got I think seventy seven inches. So a gap of one hour was the um, difference of seventy-seven inches, zero inches. Completely wild, but I'm glad that that was not me. I'm glad everybody's basically okay up there, and that snow's melting. It was like forty-five up there today, so that's good. And get some, uh, get get everything melted and get uh, get buffalo unfrozen. But uh, ready to talk some uh, NASCAR off-season.
1: Yes, definitely. We're not going to slam the Buffalo Bills. We're going to spare those jokes for them until two weeks from now. Cause I don't want to talk crap about them while well, the AFC East race has tightened up quite a bit. And no, I'm not going to trash talk the jets because um let's say certain person in this room actually is a fan of the jets. I would be ragging about how the Patriots did, but there's nothing to be proud about a six, oh, a 10 to three victory.
2: That that game was disgusting. That was the worst game I've ever witnessed. And the, the, the funny thing <laughs> is that one of my roommates that I was watching the game with not to get off track too, too far off track. Uh, literally pre- predicted the the punt return. We were watching it. Hey, what would be funny if uh, he ran this back and he ran it back? So uh, I was not <laughs> well.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you just wish people would just not the 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 actual thought out loud because that certainly bears to mind that things can come to fruition like that. So uh, whoever your roommate is, I would give them a high five. But uh, again, not gonna bracket on Thanksgiving. The Patriots play. And they're going to be playing against the Vikings, who are one of the better teams still, despite the fact that the Dallas Cowboys just reamed them on Sunday. So maybe we will too. I don't know. Let's talk about racing cars here on Podium Perspectives. Now for our first topic, this is a pretty cool one because I think Nathan and I have been foreshadowing this moment really since his interview with uh, Preece, uh during the Dover race weekend. Well, we can make it official. Ryan Priest is going to be driving in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2023 as he'll be succeeding Cole Custer as the driver of the number 41 Stuart Haas Racing Ford Mustang Cup car. He'll be formally race- racing in that car, effective in the Bushlight Clash at the LA Coliseum, and of course, at Daytona International Speedway for the Daytona 500. Nevertheless, this is a pretty, pretty, pretty awesome move for Priest who gambled on himself, kind of like what um, Matt Benedetto did. But in this case, here, Priest is going to get a huge upgrade going from a reserve driver who had occasional starts with Ricker racing in the truck series to now being in one of the more coveted rides in Cup Racing. When I say coveted, I mean Swordhouse Racing kind of turned the corner late last year uh, late this year wow late this year late last year well we're getting close close to 2023 folks but um priest has a great ride for next season i mean nathan you've been calling it really since the beginning of this podcast but uh, uh how awesome is this opportunity for priest when it comes to his showcasing his talent in the next uh next season
2: well, um, I'll correct you a little bit because I, I was calling that he would take over the 10 car. I didn't think he'd take over the 41 car because, you mean know, at that point, Almirola was still uh, planning to retire. And then uh, kind of like mid-year, there's all of a sudden this speculation like, oh, man, Al- Almirola is probably going to come back. And then, like, where does everybody fit in here? Does Priest – I mean, Priest wouldn't take over the 41, right? But, uh, yeah, I guess he is, right? Um, so – really the the number two or number three guy at, at Stuart Haas is Joe Custer and that's that's Cole Custer's father so um they decided to take Cole out of the car he's going to be in the Xfinity series now in 2023 um and they're putting Ryan Priest in and I that's a little surprising in my opinion I I envision Cole Custer staying there especially because he, he only won I mean he won two years ago I mean outside of that win I know he's been pretty terrible but I figured maybe they'd give him one more year. Uh, but I know Tony wanted to give Ryan Priest uh, an opportunity. He he really uh you know liked his story of, of you know kind of being a um a guy that didn't come up with a whole lot of funding and you know, coming up from the modified ranks like that and, and the way kind of things ended over with JTG Doherty. Uh Tony wanted to give him a chance. I know Gene Haas wanted to stick with Cole Custer, and that kind of, that report kind of came out towards the middle of the playoffs. Uh, but Tony got his way, and um, Ryan Priest will be in that car. And uh, I, I don't think that that's going to be any worse than Cole Custer being in the car. I mean, again, Cole Custer outside of that win at Kentucky uh, did not have the results. I mean, they he he really struggled these last two years, even with the the next gen car. Um, really, he was not making any strides with it i think he had a couple decent runs there towards the end but um now ryan gets his opportunity i mean he's won two truck races in each in the last two years each coming at um at national super speedway he he finished the year i think with um like six straight top six finishes or something or top four finishes in the truck series Uh, i know he didn't he only got about half the season with uh david Gillilan racing now rebranded to tricon garage but um he, he for the most part he really took advantage of it i know he had a couple uh uh, there, there's like that running with 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 Hosevar at, at Charlotte and a couple times where uh he, he had issues, but uh otherwise he would he he stayed pretty consistent. So um now is in his best opportunities ever had at the NASCAR level. Um did a couple races with an next gen car last year, has been in the simulator a lot, has done a lot of that testing. Uh so I don't think I think it'll be a pretty seamless transition for him. Obviously he knows how to race in the Cup Series. These guys aren't new for him, um, so there's there's definitely expectations for him to go out and have success right away. So um, I, I think he has the potential to to go and get a victory. Um, so definitely be uh, be something to watch. And then for Cole Custer, um, obviously sliding back down to the Xfinity Series, he immediately becomes, in my opinion, the the lead contender right now for the Xfinity series championship. I mean, if he goes down there um, and wins eight times, that would not surprise me whatsoever. And there's still a lot of question marks remaining in the Xfinity series. We don't really know the whole picture. Like we kind of know um, colleagues deal right now. And honestly, for, for the top teams, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think here. That's, that's kind of it for, uh, for the top. Well, J- J- JRM. we know colleague of uh, Uh, intentions for 2023 we don't know um we don't know joe Gibbs racing and that's kind of a a big addition to that picture so uh once we kind of get an idea what uh what jgr is looking like um and then if if someone like penske were able to uh to to come back and and field an entry because i know they still have their points i know they still have their equipment uh or if you know stewart haas uh adds a third entry or something um then uh well, we'll definitely have a new new mix of drivers in contention for the Xfinity Series championship. But but right now, Cole Custer, I think, is the definite definite favorite right now.
1: Well, there's going to be a lot of questions to be answered during now to about, I would say, late January as far as the Xfinity Series pictures is concerned. I mean, Cole Custer certainly is going to be one of the championship favorites in Sturt Haas equipment in the Xfinity Series. We saw what he did in 2019 against Tyler Reddick in that Homestead finale, which was that was a thriller to watch and I still get chills up my hair and my arms about that. But um, it to be interesting because we don't know the future about Haley Deegan in NASCAR as of yet. Maybe does she go race for a certain affiliate of SHR in the Xfinity series? We'll see. Um, and also Gibbs is the big one too, because um, obviously Brandon Jones going to JRM open to seat Kyle Busch's departure certainly affects the Toyota talent's, um, in terms of who sticks around and who stays loyal to the to that OEM. Do we know what happens to John Hunter Nemechek now because of KBM changing themselves from a Toyota team to a Chevrolet team, which we'll talk about in another episode? Um, there's just so many questions, and Priest was one of those dominoes that finally fell. But like you said, Nathan, I don't think we expected that Cole Custer to be the driver who would, I don't want to say he got that seat, he would be the one at Priest's expense, but um, it happened. Um, we thought he was untouchable, but apparently he's not. Um, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I thought with that, when that press release came out a couple of weeks ago, I was a little bit intrigued by the fact that uh, Tony Stewart was the only one making comments about the transaction. And uh, there was no word from Gene Haas. So I was kind of like, hmm, this is interesting. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Stewart definitely... <laughs> was not a happy person about his cup efforts and and it was nascar in particular so uh i guess when smoke when there's smoke there's fire i suppose so yeah it's a little dad joke right there for you folks um so yeah priest going to cup racing hopefully does a good job because uh it's always good to see some folks from new england in stock car racing um especially with joey logano kicking off next season as the reigning champion and we'll talk about another transaction that took place in the Cup Series, one that I would say is not surprising, but a change that happened was sort of surprising. And so we're not surprised by the fact that Ty Gibbs is obviously going to go to the Cup Series next season. That was official a couple of weeks ago. But the big the big surprise, I suppose, is the fact that the number 18 car is going to be renumbered into the number 54 car. So for the first time since JGR's uh. First season cup in 1992, there will be no number 18 car at least for next season. They are, you know, going to consider that number down the road. But for now, Ty Gibbs will have his own mark, if you will, with his own branded number, if you will, the number 54. Which, yes, I know folks on social media were like, "Oh, that's Kyle Busch's number." That that's, but um, you know, Ty Gibbs certainly made a name for himself in the number 54 car in ARCA. Definitely did so in the Xfinity series with that championship uh, that he recently wrapped up at Phoenix. So, I mean, Nathan, we know the move is official. How, how much of a, of a momentous situation will this be for Gibbs to have his own number, his own mark, and not have to be kind of following the shadows of, uh, you know, Kyle Bush, Bowie Labonte, and uh, Dale Jarrett in that number?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's a new generation of that car. I mean, a really, really, still a rookie driver. I mean, obviously, Ty Gibbs did, I think, what fourteen or fifteen races there with twenty three eleven in, um, in in place of Kurt Busch. But uh, he's he's essentially going to be going into his rookie year, and with his quick progression, obviously the family ties. Um, not a surprise that he's in the fifty four. Um. I figured that most likely he would stay in the 54. I knew that like 18 was gonna, going to be like the, is obviously their flagship number. So their flagship number is not, um, not going to be on the court, which is definitely weird, but they mentioned that they're like holding onto the number. Uh So that makes me think that maybe like when Martin Truex Jr. retires, which I think is sooner rather than later. I don't know if this year or 2023 is going to be his last year or not, but um, I think that it's in the near horizon that the MTJ retires. I think once that happens, maybe they, rebrand that 19 back into 18 or something because um 18 is their their true number so um yeah i mean look we need ty gibbs is going to the cup series basically from like mm, honestly probably before kyle bush announced that he's signing with richard Childress late racing like it seemed it seemed pretty inevitable like i think around around richmond Watkins glenn weekend for kyle bush um obviously he was not optimistic about his outlook with jgr but um i think it was kind of that time there and around mid-august where like he basically said that he's not coming back uh without directly saying he's not coming back because i remember a quote from the from the Watkins Glen press conference um it's gonna look different than it did the last 15 years that's what kyle bush said and that's what i started to really real- realize like oh man kyle bush is not coming back to jgr and from that point i mean i think it was pretty I'm pretty safe to say that Ty Gibbs would be in that car. Uh, there's really nobody else that was really competing for it unless they, like, landed a free agent or something, which was not going to happen. Uh, so uh, the biggest surprise, of course, would be it being the 54, which I don't think is a huge surprise. Um, Chris Gale, obviously, moving up to, with him. I knew they, I know they have a great relationship, so that, that that's also not surprising. I'm sure that entire crew of engineers will also be moving up. Um, so I'm sure now, uh, Ben Beshaw will probably be, be, uh, be down in one of the, in the Xfinity series with, uh, um, one of the Xfinity series drivers that they will have. And I know they've not announced their Xfinity series lineup, but I mean, I'm, sh- they'll probably be, uh, at least three full-time cars. So, um, definitely, uh, definitely something to keep an eye on down there too, because there's a, there's a lot of Toyota development drivers still, um, looking for, looking for some rides.
1: It's going to be an interesting time as far as who's going to be and at least one or two of those xfinity Gibbs rides because they're typically a good program. They have groomed quite a few drivers from the TRD camp to go into the Cup Series. So right now, we don't know who's going to be in it, but that could change in two weeks. Probably will. Um, I'm not going to make any speculation, but uh, we'll we'll, we'll mention what those are when those moves are official. But uh, for now, we know Gibbs is a Cup driver, so going to be a pretty intense rookie battle for next season and we'll talk more about the rookie class once we get towards 2023 like in january or just before daytona when we know for sure who the cup roster is and i might need a program because i think it's going to be uh to be a different looking landscape for sure as far as who's as far as who's driving because i'm going to be having to remember that there is no, no more number 18 car and that kyle bush is in the number eight car which is going to be a, a huge change for me to get used to to say the least and that leads us to our our third topic because i think this is the one i've been thinking about really since i would say the summertime And i mean we know some of the the big moves that were announced and there's still going to be some more between now and i would say the clash at la coliseum but nathan in your opinion who is the best free agent in nascar right now
2: it's a good question because really i think you look at kind of the cup scene right now everything's just about taken i mean unless there's going to be any more charter movement which i don't really think there's going to i mean especially um with this current kind of economy and everything i mean you're looking at charter prices um close to 30 million dollars I, and i just i can't see especially at this point of the year i mean i know the off season is just starting but the off season is not very long So, and with holidays involved in anything, I I just cannot see a team, um, with charters that high making that purchase to get another charter. Um, so I I think basically our, the full-time competitive lineup is, is set. Um, I think, I mean, I know front row hasn't announced anything yet, but I think um, the anticipation is that both drivers are going to be back next year. Um, and then kind of same as Rick Ware racing. Uh, but those are really the last couple of pieces to this cup series puzzle here. Um, in 2023, so then I think you have to get um a little bit deeper there in into uh, I, I guess the development line. And I can't not go to uh, a guy who I, I think at times has been a little bit scrutinized and, and has had a cup ride in the past but um decided to backtrack in 2021. And I, and I think it's probably John Hunter Um you know i don't like i said i don't think he's going to be making the jump to the cup series i think that one of the jgr rides is is a pretty likely fit for him um but just cuz you know the big dominoes have now fallen in the silly season picture um aka you know Kyle Bush um Ryan Priest to the 41 was a pretty big one um you know Ty Gibbs to the 54 i wouldn't say honestly that's that big of a one just cuz of of how expected that was so honestly i would say John Hunter Nemechek um, especially because he, he had a decent run going for a little while there in that in that Cup race he did at Homestead, Miami, in place of Bubba Wallace. Um, has shown he's a capable driver, can um, can has shown that he can win at the Xfinity Series, win in the Truck Series. Um, and I think that with the next-gen car, he could potentially win in the Cup Series. So I think it's a matter of time until John Hunter Niemicek makes it back to Cup. Um, but right now, I, I think in terms of the available rides and the available services right now, uh, I think you would probably have to be John Hunter Niemicek.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one, Nathan. Just because I think Nemechek certainly the big vi- variable right now, because we know that he's certainly in good standing with TRD. He showcased what he could do as a contender in the Truck Series, in the Xfinity Series, and did a pretty decent job in that emergency start at Homestead uh, for twenty three eleven racing. So, uh, I certainly think he's he's definitely going to graduate from the Truck Series. It's just a matter. If Gibbs is going to put him in one of their Xfinity rides, or like you said, is there going to be a late second move in the Cup Series? Which, hey, it could happen because this is the Cup Series. Weird things have happened lately, as far as like emer- uh, emerging car owners. Because I, I don't think any of us in late 2020 imagined Michael Jordan having his own team, and then all of a sudden Pitbull joining the picture <laughs> a few moments later. So I mean, between now and and, and early February. Anything could happen. Somebody could win a billion dollars in the uh, the mega million or mega uh, big bucks, whatever that thing is called, and uh they couldn't make it their own cup team. Just don't be like that guy, Joe Dennett, and uh spend your money and lose it all in the truck series. Uh, because that would be a bummer. But yeah, even Check certainly the driver to think about. I would say too, um, yeah, I mean, he I was gonna say Corey Hun, but I recall that he's gonna be. With Tricon Garage next season, so he's off the table as far as uh, everyone's concerned. But I'll, I'll go with him to check as well on that. And then for our last topic, we're going to turn it to Isabella Robusto, who's been sitting here patiently uh, because we're going to hear from her about a certain race because we're talking about her for the fourth topic. And that would be, of course, be about last Saturday's South Carolina 400, which for folks like me who haven't seen like, model racing in quite some time, that was a dandy to watch from home. Um, even better in Timminsville, South Carolina, because Bella, Isabella Robusto got a podium finish, and that's not the reason why she's on the show, folks. I promise you, uh, we don't just pick people from the podium finish to be on a, on the show, but um, let's try to make it unique here. So, Isabella, you know, obviously you came up with a great finish. You started all the way back from thirtieth to get to, to third place. I mean, what was that like? Um, and these, are you still kind of pinching, pinching yourself, realizing that experience really did happen?
0: I am. Um, I going into the weekend, I was really just hoping for a top 15 finish. Um, never really thought that a podium was a shot, uh, when we got there, but, Uh just starting back in thirtieth was a long way to go. Uh to get to the front. But before the race, talked with the team, um, have great guys with Leaf Hawk Racing and kind of made a strategy that we wanted to spend the first hundred, fifty laps just saving tires and keeping my left sides as good as we could for that fifty laps to go when we got new right side tires. And Florence being such an aggressive track and abrasive on your tires, it was really all about patience and waiting on the throttle, not spinning the right rear um, and trying to keep the gas smooth as possible on exits and kind of having my team on the radio and keeping patient. And there were a few times where I really wanted to get after it and go race with everyone in front of me that were side by side, but kind of hung back. There were a couple people doing the strategy at the same time um, that were back there. And uh, with 50 to go, restarted somewhere near 20th and uh, I knew it was 110% from there. I got my new right side tires. So I was good to go. Um, and before I knew it, I was just picking cars off one by one, still trying to be a little bit safe on my tires, but at the same time when I needed to get sideways to get by a person I did. And, um, with three laps to go, I restarted in fourth and I knew that I had a shot at that podium finish. I wasn't so sure about the win. We were, I felt like Butterbean was a little bit better than us, especially on the exit to say, same as uh, Carson Quapel, but um, I knew I had a shot at that podium finish and last three laps we basically spent side by side and um, on the white flag off a turn two, I finally cleared fourth place uh, and came home with that third place finish but. It definitely took a whole lot of patience during those first 150 laps of the race, just being consistent, missing all of the wrecks. I can't even count how many wrecks there were during the race. There were cars spinning every single time, Um, but just saving my tires and keeping my nose clean and passing when I could was really the whole strategy.
1: I mean, that pretty much sums up the South Carolina 400. I mean, it was patience. It was trying to avoid the wrecks, not being the wrecks at all. And yes. uh, if you <laughs> you kept yourself out there, you would yeah. get a good finish, and that's so cool because it sounds like well, everybody was on tryptophan in the last fifty laps. You were like, "I will have some turkey and fixings right now, please."
0: Yes, for sure.
1: <laughs> that was so awesome to see, and uh, I'm, I'm 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 so excited for folks to hear your more of that story when we get the hot seat here momentarily. And with that, folks, that is putting perspectives. What do you think of our opinions on this particular segment? Did you agree, disagree? Do you have a suggested topic you'd like us to talk about next time? Well, let us know. Tweet to that guy, Nathan Solomon, at nsolid02. I'm at Rob T. and uh, And our main Twitter handle is at the, at the podium finish. So with that, folks, let's move on over to the hot seat with Isabella Robusto. All right, folks, welcome to okay, the Putty today. Finishes Live finish so hot seat segment, and it's a pretty awesome one for today because, day, because for episode number 54, we have Isabella Robusto, uh, who is joining us, hot off her third place finish from last Saturday night's South Carolina 400, a prestigious like model race that was at, contested at Florence Motor Speedway in Timmonsville South Carolina. One of the top races that happened after the NASCAR season, and it's pretty cool to actually have a live interview, if you will, during TPF Live. So Isabella, welcome to the podcast once again, this time in a live setting. So first of all, how are you feeling after that finish?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm feeling really good. Um, great way to end the season, just on a high note, and I have tons of confidence going into next season and um, definitely keeping the ball rolling.
1: I mean, that's basically what you've been doing all season long, and with Lee Falk's team. And I, I have to say, when you made the announcement about going to Lee Falk's team, I was like,
2: yeah,
1: because I covered late model racing for three years, and um, being a PR specialist for uh, Peyton Sellers Racing team, specifically with Natalie Sayther and Julia Landa, our Lee Falk's team kicked our, you know, what all the time. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you're in a good situation. So let me ask you. When you made that announcement and it became official, I mean, how huge was it for you given you were doing with rev racing and now with one of the best teams in, in late model racing?
0: Yeah. You know, when I got the call from Toyota at first, I was really amazed. Like I really didn't think it was real. Um, But I've gotten super close with the leaf Hawk racing guys. We're all family now and um, we've made some huge strides and, um, gotten some wins this year and some really good finishes and some big races. So, uh, definitely checked all the boxes that we had kind of set at the beginning of the year. And, uh, it was more of a learning year for me personally, but, um, I think we came out of it with some pretty good achievements and, um, just being able to race with such a great team. I mean, everybody, who is in late model stock racing knows who leaf walk racing is and being able to be their driver and kind of the driver that they all work for and kind of um are super close to is really nice and um just being able to go the racetrack with them every week and learn and uh talk and both on and off the track even at the shop being able to work there during the weeks on the cars and learning all of the things from the different guys at the shop means a bunch
2: and Isabelle, I know how, how much of a grind racing can be, especially a uh, late model racing. So for you, uh, just kind of what's one of the most difficult things about, uh, you know, doing the late model racing.
0: Yeah. You know, especially for the car store races and the bigger races like the South Carolina 400, it's everybody's so close in time. I mean, we had 60 cars, um, at the 400 race and it was basically three, four tenths of a second from first to 60th. So, you know every little hundredth and even thousandth of a second matters, um, in late model stock racing. And there's just so much competition between the cars tour and the bigger races that, um, you have to be perfect. And me being able to learn and kind of do these bigger races at the end of the year really taught me how much consistency means and how much making sure you hit the same marks every single time. And, um, saving your tires was a huge part too Um, in my learning curve this year and knowing when to push and when to be patient um, to get those better finishes.
1: Tire management's all key for sure in any kind of racing but in late model racing on those bull rings in the southeast I'll tell you that's one thing any driver of any age has to learn how to master and you're only 18 years old. I think that's the most impressive part. I mean I know there's 12 year old kids out there racing that we saw on on Saturday night which kind of blew me away Um, but You know, you have come a long way since your days in Bandolero racing and Charlotte Motor Speedway. And now you're, you raced against Dale Earnhardt Jr. I mean, how cool was that for you as a young driver and knowing that you were able to make a name for yourself, not only in the late model scene, but potentially, you know, the top three NASCAR series.
0: Yeah. You know, it was really cool being able to race with Jr. And there was a couple of times where we were side-by-side fighting with each other. So, um, just being able to race with some of the best this weekend, especially, um, like champions and uh, people who have been racing late models for 10 plus years really shows like the dedication that people have to it. And I really want to make a name for myself and make it to the cup series and race on Sundays with all of the big names that are up there right now. But um, just being able to now race with big names in late model stock racing and be competitive and getting podium finishes in these big races means a lot. Um, just kind of for my confidence of how much we've grown this year alone, but, um, also it kind of shows me racing side by side with them that there's still a ton to learn. And that every time I go to the track, I always can learn something new and get better.
2: So Isabella, you, you know, you talk about obviously, you know, trying to go as a driver, um, uh, trying to grow within the, uh, the late model ranks. I think we've seen like, you know, like more and more attention being, being, you know, focused and, and place on some of that late model racing. Like I think like next year, uh, the cars tour that, that partnership with, with North, North Wilkesboro and the cup series weekend there for like the all-star race. So it's you know, kind hard. of look at like, um, the way that they're scheduling things now and in the way that, uh, more and more attention is on some of this late model racing, uh, how important is that for you, uh, when, you know, you go out and, and have a strong run like you did over the weekend to continue to, uh, you know, put your name out there and, and just, rem- you know, remind everybody that you're there.
0: Yeah I think every this weekend it really shows that we can I can be competitive our team can be competitive and we can fight up with those big names and um, I think going into next year for the cars tour races that it kind of shows that we'll be able to be up there we'll be competitive and we'll be one of the people that you have to watch out for when it comes to strategy on how to get the win so um, it it just means kind of a lot that we were able to end the year on such a high and that it was a big show and had a whole bunch of media coverage too. So not only people that I normally race side by side with, but fans who watch from all over the country kind of got to see um, me and now follow me and get to see what I do every week.
1: And you had a sensational season. Um, I mean, you're going to be looking back to 2022 as a year that you won at the historic Hickory Speedway, which no one can say that's an easy feat whether it's a stock car or a late model car, and you got this third-place finish at Florence Motor Speedway, a track that I dare say is daring because there's no walls in the corners. I was like, holy moly, you guys kept it on the racetrack all all evening long, at least most of you guys did. Um, You know, when you think about that rough-and-tumble race and your success at Hickory, I mean, what is the biggest takeaway from this season that you're going to look back on and say, yep, I'm going to apply that in 2023 and moving forward?
0: Yeah. You know, I raced hickory for two years and wasn't able to get a win and was super close um, until a few weeks ago when I finally picked it up there. But um, kind of the same thing with Tri-County just was so close so many times and was able to get it done um, earlier this year. And as well as Florence, uh, I haven't really raced her that much, but just being able to come out with a really good finish and a big race was good. But Um, I think the main thing that I've kind of taken away from this year, or I will take away, uh, going into next year's patience, because it's not always that you need to go 110% for the first part of the races. It's more, you need to be able to save tires. You need to know when to make the passes. Um, and I kind of learned that a lot and was able to use it at the Florence 400 race because, starting 30th in the field and then falling back to 35th at one point, um, it definitely took a lot of patience, not burning up my tires, kind of believing in our strategy that saving tires and just working through the field when we could was actually going to pan out and work. And um, I really wasn't able to see that until about 10 laps to go when we were finally back inside the top 10. So uh, I think one thing and the main thing that I'll take away from this year is just being patient when I'm out on track um, and kind of believing that, you don't have to go 110% for the entire race, even though it's a race and you want to go as fast as you can. Sometimes it's better to keep it at 80% um, for the long run.
1: I think that's a huge, huge thing for anyone to learn because everyone in life is told to give it their best. And honestly, sometimes just doing enough, gets you the best results possible so i think that's pivotal that you learned that this season and uh i'm really looking forward to we're looking forward to seeing what you do uh, next season um nathan gave me any more questions you wanted to ask Isabel?
2: Yeah, I had one more, and uh, you know it's kind of interesting because you know you look at this last, um, th- you know the the championship weekend in NASCAR a couple weeks ago. You know you see uh, someone like Ty Majeski racing for the Truck Series championship. You see somebody like Josh Berry racing for the Xfinity Series championship. Um, you know, in a sense, you're kind of on that that similar uh trajectory you know trying to make it up through the the late model uh racing ranks uh so to see somebody you know like ty majeski and and josh berry be able to compete for championships uh, at the national uh at the national level uh how much of an inspiration is that for you uh to just be you know keep going and and you know keep fighting and and trying to get and make a ride in in the cup series or affinity series or truck series
0: Yeah, it really shows that Late Models is a really good series to learn everything and kind of get your roots. And um, it shows that if you're competitive and you're really good um, and can go out and win in these bigger series races like Josh Berry um, or Ty Majeski, that you have a shot if you get to the big series and um, if you can be competitive in the late model, it's just because of the competition level that's there that you'll be competitive in those higher levels. Um, so it really shows that if you, if I can get to the point where I can win almost every race that I get into and be competitive and fight for those top fives and those podium finishes and car tour races and the bigger races, um, that I'll be ready and be able to be competitive when I get into those higher levels of NASCAR.
1: And before we wrap this, your segment up for TPF Live I'm going to have to ask you sort of a seasonal question. Is there a certain Christmas song that you like hearing now that it's that holiday season?
0: Ah, uh, I don't know. I kind of like, like, I guess the classics that everyone likes, Um, but probably like rocking around the Christmas tree, Jingle Bells, like something, something upbeat more uh, would probably be my go-to.
1: Well, there you go, folks. <laughs> so there's not hate Christmas music. So you, you uh, Baham bugs out there, get into the spirit of the season. This is the best time of the year, in my opinion. And uh yes. um, I know we're a little too old for Santa, but I hope you get some great presents for next season because <laughs> we were looking forward to having you back on. Quite a few more times on TPF Live. So did you right. want to say anything else to the fans at home?
0: Uh, you guys can follow along. I know racing season kind of dying off right here, but um, I'll be posting all about what I'm doing next year and what I'm doing throughout the offseason on all my socials. So it's just Isabella Robusto um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, you guys can follow along on there.
1: Absolutely. We'll definitely give you a follow and uh, definitely have more of your racing story on TPF for sure on the podcast and website. So Isabella, thank you so much for joining us tonight or this evening or Thanksgiving week, uh, whenever the folks listen to this, because uh, it's a really fun time of the season and we're just so happy for you to have such a great season. So couldn't happen to a better person for sure.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, you've got it. That was Isabella Robusto, late model competitor for Lee Folk's team in the car series as well as the nascar league model ranks down in the southeast if you want to learn more more about isabella i'm sure we're gonna have more stories about her on tpf and like she said she's got some social media handles that you can check out all of them being the same as isabella robusto so congrats again to isabella on her podium finish at at florence and i'm sure we'll hear a lot about her into next season. And maybe she'll be one of those big free agents in NASCAR in a, a few years time, as long as she, uh, keeps what she's doing up on the NASCAR scene. But with that, we're about almost out of time here for TPF live episode number 54. I typically make this the time to talk about promoting content, which we will. I mean, first of all, let's give a big thanks to, to Tara Jones for all the hard work she's done for us. Um, I guess I can finally say it. She's moving on to a new situation with pit pass network. So I can safely say to the PPN folks, they have gained someone extremely, extremely brilliant and talented. And we're sorely missing her right now because uh, she was basically the operator, if you will. She was like our Chloe and we were like the folks in 24. Um, Yeah. It's a kind of an obscure reference, but she was really that good. And uh, we're, we're certainly looking for a social media specialist because i know she did the job of five different people that's how talented she was to handle instagram facebook twitter all these scheduling apps that i myself am still trying to learn that's why i have to be in grad school folks uh, but um tara thank you so much for all this the great work you've done over the last three years we're certainly missing you and uh folks at home if you are looking to join a quality outlet i know nathan and i and our team are certainly looking uh so hit us up as we say in the industry hit us up and solid zero two for nathan i'm at rob T and we want to hear from you we need all the help we can get because i know uh nathan and i are going to try to run the ship as efficiently as possible on the writing side of things but we don't always have time to do social media and uh we'll work we'll, we'll, we don't bite we promise we're, we're we're two good cool kids uh i would say and uh, i would say the tpf team's pretty awesome so uh if you are interested just let us know and uh, we'll talk logistics with you afterwards but otherwise uh, as far as content's concerned isabelle's feature is going to be on between now and thanksgiving weekend but other than that i'll have some surprise stories i don't want to give it away like nathan always says that's his throwaway line i'm going to say the same thing too but um mainly what i want to say folks is uh, i'm looking forward to thanksgiving going to be a fun time um might be a little colder than usual in texas but that's okay it'll be fun being around family and I hope you folks at home feel the same way too. And if you are not around family, Hey, listen, in 2011, I didn't have family around other than my sister. Um, and that was not easy, but, uh, I can tell you if I got through it, you can too. So, uh, just, uh, keep in touch with your family and your friends. There's zoom, there's phone calls. You can do a lot of things to feel you're connected still. So don't feel like you have to be alone on Thanksgiving. Um, I know it's tough when the holiday seasons are like that. So just hang in there, just be, knowing that there's people out there that care about you and, and, you know, want to have your time with you. So that's my little spiel right there. Nathan, do you have any content coming up, any plans for Thanksgiving for the folks that are curious about what we do?
2: Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to get some, uh, typical off season, uh, stuff done, some season review stuff and trying to get a, uh, a little bit of a, of a priest feature out there i've been a little slow um been a little, little burnout from uh end of nascar season end of semester so uh hopefully i can kind of get that that writing spark you know spark back up here soon so i can uh, uh get some more content out because I, I think all of us are feeling a little little wear and tear from uh from the off season and that's pretty expected so uh hopefully here with uh now that thanksgiving's here um hopefully now i can uh get a get, get the writing brain back on, uh, back on track, if that makes sense. So, uh, hopefully you'll, uh, hopefully you'll see a lot more off season content coming for me too, and especially over break, but that's still a few weeks away.
1: Oh well, we'll definitely get on all five gears here on TPF 38 racings, 38 race schedules certainly will test anyone. Um, and you know, that's why we enjoy the off season as much as we can. And for me, that means trying to get back to my long five to eight mile walks when I can. So I can feel as refreshed and get some fresh air too. Cause uh, even if I'm not in the media center, I'm inside a house to do this, which is great. But uh, it's nice to remember there's mother nature out there to enjoy. Um, And oh, last of all, I forgot. We're both going to be entering contest entries into the NMPA writers award or the awards that are going to be taking place. um, I think early next month, we've got to get our stuff submitted. So maybe this podcast is going to be one of them. I don't know. Um, I know Nathan and I are trying to narrow down and figure out of the 54 that we've done in the last year, which one is going to be the top three that we want to submit. So yeah, we're gonna to get to work on that. And then I have my article sub- entries to submit. Just formatting them is not fun, but uh, we'll we'll abide by contest rules, of course. Um, and hope that TPF brings home some uh brings some some bacon, if you will. It'll be fun. So we'll we'll see about that. So with that, folks. I will say one other thing before we wrap it up. We do have a bonus episode this week. So um, I won't give it away, but uh, you'll have two times the fun of TPF Live this week. Because I know with being a bi-weekly format schedule, that means you're not going to hear from us as often. But for this week, I thought I'd do something a little fun. So uh, stay tuned for that. I guess you could call it episode number 55 or episode 54A. We'll call it episode 54A, just to be fair. Um, But yeah, check that out this week. But uh, other than that, Nathan and Isabella, I really appreciate both of you taking time today. And as I said to the fans here who are listening, I hope both of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. But of course, I always talk to both of you. So it's not like I'm not going to talk to you after this podcast is recorded, which will be weird if I don't. But anyways, thank you for your time and for your fans at home. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Yes, it is that time to go ahead and wrap up TPF Live episode number 54. So, for Isabella Robusto and for Nathan Solomon, I'm host, Rob T. saying thanks for listening to TPF Live, the world's fastest hour of racing talk. For previous episodes of TPF Live, you can check those out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks, but for the bonus episode, just wait a couple of days or two, and we'll have a bonus episode for you all to check out. But until next time, as I always say, let's all get that checkered flag, or shall I say, let's all get that turkey. And until next time, so long, everyone.